Welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals and if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook. Cool, so we're, we're a geek short today. We're uh, a bit short of uh, Mike, the training guy today. Um, he is off. He's off. He's having a day in Luke because he's been CPC training at the weekends on a Saturday and it's Monday and uh, Jamie and I are here uh, recording instead. So Jamie, how are we doing, mate? All right. Not too bad, yeah. Mike's picked a good day for it, hasn't he? It's he lovely out there. Fair, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, so it's the Monday following... Uh, Mother's Day and uh, the clock's springing forward so it was a bit odd this morning getting up and it was uh, dark again in the morning um, on my way to the gym but uh, obviously we're going to get a nice long evening tonight so looking forward to that I prefer it this way around to be perfectly honest yeah definitely I I can't wait for spring starting to see a little bit of blossom on the trees and stuff like that it's brilliant mate isn't it yeah it is yeah okay mate so uh, today's podcast we're going to be talking about third party trailers now I know you've got quite a bit of experience with this Jay uh, following uh, a public inquiry recently with uh, with one of our clients so are you able to just for the listeners talk through a little bit around best practice for third-party trailers because I think that's going to be the name of the podcast I think so yeah talk talk us through uh, the best practice and what you've sort of found as part of that public inquiry so the first thing we found is it can be quite difficult and uh, the guide to maintaining roadworthiness that actually states it can be quite problematic for for traction only operators Um, so yeah so referring to the uh, guide to maintaining roadworthiness obviously that's one document that can help you with the the compliance for the third-party trailers and there's also the IRTE Institute for road transport engineers, they've they've got a document out there as well, which is referred to actually in the guide to maintaining roadworthiness. Um, but yeah, essentially. And what's in what's in uh, obviously uh, the guide to maintaining roadworthiness. All transport managers should be looking at that. Yeah, but definitely. I suppose the third party trailer operators they should be looking at the second document. What sort of stuff's in that, mate? What is there? Yeah, so um, <laughs> there's, there's lots of legislation, or well, not legislation, but uh, lots of uh, best practice in there. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, the things really that a traction only operator should be uh, should be doing is uh, making sure they know when the last PMI, MOT, and brake test was taken. Okay. Um, and that that can be done through various ways as well. That can be done via a sticker on the on the trailer itself, uh, access to an electronic portal from the operator uh, from the trailer owner, mm-hmm. or obviously getting the documents. Okay. Um, the issue is what sometimes um, you don't know what trailer you're picking up until you uh, till you get there, till you get to the distribution centre, and that can be a problem because then if you're requesting documents, that can then take time uh, to get the document before the before the trailer can leave the uh, yard. So, um, in the instance what we've just spoke about, uh, we we've uh, with the operator we've gone with stickers. Okay. So the uh, and then the drivers put that on their walk around uh, check up. Yeah, and then we're doing a bit of a uh, audit on the drivers. We're requesting the documents still, uh, okay. although they're coming after the trailer's taken. We can see that the, uh, the what the drivers put and what was on the sticker is uh, is correct because it matches up. Uh, similarly, if we can't get those dates, we've uh, we ask the drivers not to take the trailer and they'll swap the trailer just to make sure 100% compliant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So, um, 
In interesting thing, and it, it looks like the traffic commissioner is clamping down on this stuff for traction only yeah, operators. Yeah, for a little while he's been he's been really onto it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it seems like um, we're, I'm reading quite regularly in the in the applications and decision section of Commercial Motor and uh, and outcomes of PIs. There's certainly uh, a few things, and I think it's coming up as part of the uh, traffic commissioner's briefings that they're that they're really focusing on this for for traction only operators because. A lot of um, a lot of these people will have been self-employed drivers that are affected by R35. They've yep. recently started up. Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're really proud to sponsor a Half Dozen Things podcast. At Flagship Partners, we take road safety really seriously, and we're your road safety partnership. We help transport companies with compliance and training across their businesses, including first aid, driver CPC, and other transport management services. So if your fours accredited or you want to improve your operator compliance risk score, Give flagship partners a call today. You know, ultimately, it's normally the bigger operators, isn't it, that they're that they're taking trailers from. And the thing is, is to to share maintenance information is a laborious, time-consuming task. And therefore, the engaging operator who is whose trailers they belong to, it's a pain in the ass for them. It's basically, it's funny you should say that. We we during uh, getting you know getting this operator that I was working with for the PI right, we spoke to another operator that does the the same work. Yeah, uh, and they'd employed somebody else just to get that information. At yeah, quite wow. a big cost to the business. Yeah, yeah, so, just someone employed to get third-party trailer information. Yeah. That's a big, big, big gig, big yeah. investment, isn't it? it Particularly for investment. small operators. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you've got sort of three choices then. One is to get the paperwork. Yep. Uh, one is to get a sticker on the trailer. Yeah. Um, and that sticker will show you what the most recent PMI and the MOT due date will it? Yeah, and uh, also brake test as well. Last brake test. Ah, okay. Yeah. But it won't necessarily tell you that it passed or anything, though. That's no, the that, thing. that is the thing. It's, it's the best practice would be to get the documents themselves yeah, so you can have a look through. Uh, another thing to mention it, they must fall within your schedule as well, in your maintenance schedule. Yeah, okay. So what you mean by in that is if... Frequency, sorry. Yeah, got you. So if you're an operator and you've got uh, a 10-weekly... Sorry, let's go the other way around. You're on a six-weekly O-licence inspection schedule. Yeah. And these trailers are on an eight or a ten O license inspection schedule. Yeah. There's so, yeah, potentially a problem there. There yeah. is potentially a problem there. Yeah, you need to make sure. Yeah. And and the guide to maintaining roadworthiness does quite clearly state you must work with the trailer owner to uh, to make sure these things are right. Mm -hmm. uh, the issue is a lot of the trailer owners are not governed by operators' license rules, perhaps. So they. It, it's going to be difficult to be perfect. Yeah, got you, got you. Okay, cool. So um, I guess the key takeaways for people listening and to keep it, yeah, we've just, just rolling into sort of six minutes now. We had a bit of waffle at the beginning, didn't we, whilst we were catching up. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so just keep this short and sharp. Uh, if you're running third-party trailers, the best thing to do is to get some advice, read the guidance. Yeah, definitely read the guidance. There's so, there's so much guidance. We could, we could talk for you know a good hour on it, but yeah. Perfect, okay. Document document the meetings with the third party uh, trailer owner. Um, hold them to account about getting the details. Um, push them for them because they're gonna be difficult in coming forward. Yeah, it can be, yeah. Um, and ultimately it's your operator's license that you're having to yeah. look after, yeah? And uh, the risk is a pub public inquiry, right? It is. Not only that, road safety as well. You you, you want to know if you're pulling that trailer, that, yeah. that trailer's safe, that trailer's been inspected. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, it's got a absolutely. and based on my experience as well, some of the bigger operators aren't too clever on their management of trailers anyway. No. Uh, you know, losing assets, not having assets serviced in time, them running out of MOT. I've seen it loads. Just because they're big operators doesn't mean that their compliance is right. So you're potentially dealing with quite a hot potato. Yeah, definitely. I, I funny enough, you should say that, and we'll finish 
finish in a bit. But I spoke to her about two years ago. I spoke to someone that worked for a massive, massive organisation, mm. and he said uh, they'd want a trailer for MOT, and they'd have to literally notify every gatehouse to look out for it because they didn't know where it was. Wow. And they needed it back. So yeah, you're right. It could be a potential hot potato. There you go. Exactly. So um, don't don't just trust your work providers. Don't just trust those trailer operators or the trailer owners. Don't trust them. You've you've got to do your own due diligence. You've got to make sure that those services are right. Otherwise. You know, potentially you could be taking a trailer that's got an issue and you could be getting yourself into hot water too. Thank you very much, Jay. If anyone wants any more information, I recommend getting in touch with Jamie on LinkedIn. Like I say, he's had had some uh, quite relevant experience recently at a public inquiry regarding this. So he's he's an expert on the field. Thank you very much. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.